Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of the Insert Name SC Podcast, a member of the Belly Up Sports Network. It is another day that is just me because, well, unfortunately, uh, Edwards Edward has a lot of a lot of work because some some someone ended up taking some vacation time, meaning that Edward now has to do more work. So that's kind of just what happened. I know it sucks. It's shitty. Um, I feel like this is like one of the things that I, I, I kind of hate about certain job fields, man. It's just like when, when someone takes vacation, it's like, and it's not necessarily like it, they, you know, jobs should be allowing people to take vacation, but it's like the thing with me is that I just don't get the logic of like, Oh, so and so is gone. So now you got to take their workload. And it's like, you, you should be able to distribute the workload evenly amongst everybody. It shouldn't even, like, it should, shouldn't, it shouldn't all fall on one person. And I, I think that's just kind of my spill on that one. But, um, uh, but yeah, because of that, because that guy took vacation, which once again, no fault to him. There's no fault at that guy for taking vacation. You should be able to take vacation. Um, you know, it just seems like it's a punishment for others, which I think that's like one of the downfalls for some businesses because, because so and so took the vacation. Now everything falls on these, on everybody else. And then when he, when so and so comes back from vacation, now there's just resentment towards him for going on vacation because you basically fucked everybody. And it's, it's super hard. I, especially in the industry that Edward works in, cause like there's no real slow period in, in automotive. Um, Obviously, summer is probably like the busiest just because like there's like, you know, people like there's no kids in school. So it like, oh, you know, some availabilities are a little bit easier for for people, especially if they're trying to get their car work done. But like 
there's really no like slow period for for automotive like it's it's just non-stop it's not it's not it's not going to slow down anytime soon um i mean weather might be an issue but i mean like aside from that automotive um is always going to be a thing but it just you know it sucks because like you know, I'm finally able to do episodes with Edward, and Edward's not available because of just little things. Like, last week was not a, obviously it's not a big issue, but, like, this one kind of sucks just because, like, it's, it's more so his, his job is, like, not being able to plan accordingly, but, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there, but, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'll be on, in this episode by myself. There is nobody, um, else that's hopping in on this episode with me. It's just, it's literally just me. Um, so in this episode, I'm going to talk about transfers, uh, we're talking about some headlines, we're talking about Mbappe and PSG's, uh, little, little thing going on, uh, we're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo just going crazy, and, uh, Christian Pulisic, uh, you know, we're gonna talk about Christian Pulisic as well, also leads into our debate topic, we're gonna recap the Gold Cup final, share my thoughts on the Gold Cup overall as a whole, and then we're going to preview the 2023 Leagues Cup. It is starting off Friday. It'll be kicking off. So we'll go over how the tournament is formatted, um, who's all in it. It is literally everybody in the MLS and Liga Mekis, but we'll, we'll touch up on that one. Uh, we'll announce our players of the week. Uh, give you guys some games to look forward to. We do have international friends, not international. We're having, uh, summer tours going on now. So there's a lot of big, clubs here in the u.s that are playing in front of for their preseason tour so we'll be talking about that and the 2022 fifa women's world cup is kicking off this weekend so we'll give you guys some matches to look forward to there um but aside from that that is basically the show and then we'll share do my closing thoughts on some topic that i feel i want to to share on but with all that being said man i'm gonna take a break and then we'll get going with this episode let me tell you guys about Belly Up Sports. Belly Up Sports is the internet sports bar. Go ahead and check out their website, www.bellyupsports.com, to read some great articles from great writers all across the country, from hockey, baseball, golf, soccer, you name it. Belly Up Sports is the premier, not your average, website. All right, and we're back. We wanted to remind you to make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at insertnamefc. Uh, we try to post try to be active on that as much as we can we do post our debate topics and our players of the week obviously if you guys go on our social medias uh you guys get a chance to vote on the players of the week so you do your vote does have a say on who ends up winning the roosevelt spencer's player of the year award um so make sure once again follow us on instagram and twitter at insurname fc so you guys can be on the know of other things we're doing as well um but transfer talk so atletico madrid is interested in Marco Verratti. I think Marco Verratti has been a name we've heard, I feel like, almost every summer transfer period for quite some time now. He's always one that everyone talks about about leaving PSG, and he just doesn't do it. Um, I think at this point, a guy in his level, uh, either he makes a move or he doesn't. Uh, at this point, I, I'm just not entirely sure if he will, but I think if he were to leave... Atletico Madrid doesn't seem to be the fit that I would, I would say, but hey, that's, that's neither here or there. But, uh, but if Atletico Madrid is interested in Marco Verratti, we'll see what, what they have in, what exactly they have in mind for the Italian. 
But um, but yeah, Marco Verratti is getting interest from Atletico Madrid. PSG has joined Bayern Munich in a, the race for Harry Kane. Like I said, Tottenham Tottenham has given the the green light to Harry Kane. That uh, well, I don't know if it's Tottenham has given Harry Kane has has indicated that he is in fact interested in joining Bayern Munich. But this is all, kind of similar to Marco Verratti, man. It's every year that we keep hearing that Harry Kane might leave leave Tottenham. And he just doesn't. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But PSG, I'm guessing they're probably making some plans of maybe losing a striker to gain uh, another top striker. But, I mean, if I had to pick and choose where I would be between Bayern Munich and PSG, which, I mean, me and um, Stuart talked about this last week, um, I would definitely lean towards Bayern Munich just because of their odds are probably a little bit better of winning the Champions League than PSG's are. But... That's not here or there. But yeah, continuing on though, PSG is interested in Kepa. Um, this is interesting to me because, you know, obviously, uh, Gianluigi, uh, Donnarumma, you know, was brought in to PSG to essentially become that, that starting goalkeeper. It really hasn't lived up to f- uh, full fruition. Um, Kaylor Navas is now back in PSG, which that's also an- another thing to, to point out is, you know, what exactly is, is there a goalkeeping battle? And if PSG chooses to bring Kepa into that mix, like, who, someone's got to be going. Someone's got to be on the move. And, I mean, I if I had to choose between Donnarumma and Kaylor Navas, which you guys all know, I'm going to pick Kaylor Navas. But I just, I think at this point, Donnarumma has just not lived up to what they were hoping they were going to get from him. Maybe they're hoping, to, looking to ship him out. And maybe a guy like Kepa could probably compete with, with Kaylor Navas and maybe get him a number one spot for PSG. But it's an interesting situation. Um, the goalkeeping room, I mean, of all, PSG overall is just a very interesting situation right now. But I think, uh, if they choose to move on from, from, from a goalkeeper to, in order to bring Kepa into the mix, it's going to be a very odd one, but we'll see what happens there with PSG. Uh, Nottingham Forest has signed William. So William is just, he's just doing his thing right now. He seems like he's going to every Premier League team, what it feels like at this point. Um, but yeah, Nottingham Forest has now signed his services. Uh, PSG, coming back to PSG, is also interested in another goalkeeper, and that is Bonu of, of Sevilla. Uh, like I said, the goalkeeper room, the, what exactly do they have in mind in goalkeepers? I think, I'm guessing that if they're unable to get Kepa, they're gonna go after uh but now though I do I do Banu but now I'm gonna say Banu um uh, but I would prefer Banu I think he's a definitely a better goalkeeper than Kepa um definitely plays a lot more than Kepa um so it's interesting of what's going on with PSG because it seems like they're prepared to move on from players as well as trying to bring players in to keep PSG PSG but uh but yeah goal goalkeeper who would have thought that that's the position that PSG is also looking at um. Manchester United and Juventus are both interested in Ben Pavard. I'm sure that's a name that you guys haven't heard in a while. Ben Pavard, which obviously World Cup winner, uh, was playing in, I believe he was in the second division in Germany, um, gets called up to the 2018 Men's World Cup team for France. And everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? And he he's the starter. He's starting for France and, you know, obviously scores a banger goal against, I believe that was, was it Argentina? It was somebody. 
but he's definitely made his mark from that 2018 World Cup. Gets his big move to Bayern Munich, and it's not necessarily his fault. I think it's just the fact that Bayern Munich is just way too loaded in every position possible that, like, guys are just not going to play. Guys that are, like, considered top level are just not going to play in that club, and that's just because they're just loaded everywhere. Um, so I would personally like to see Ben Pavard go, so, go out and go somewhere where he's going to play. And it seems like Manchester United and Juventus are both, in fact, interested in him. Um, I mean, I think this is like a, uh, an either or is not, like, not one is better than the other. But I think if Ben Bafar really wants to play, I think Juventus is probably his best shot. I think Manchester United does have a lot of fullbacks or center backs, depending on how you feel what Ben Pavard is. Um, but I would, I would, I would say Ben Pavard should go to Juventus, but that's just me. Um, I don't know where Edward feels. I think Edward might say Juventus as well. I don't think he would want him to go to Manchester United. Not for any, like, bad reason, but just that. Um, uh, but continuing on, uh, Facundo Farias is set to join Inter Miami. Inter Miami obviously have just made the, made the big presentation for one Lionel Messi. And it was just quite the spectacle, but obviously also announced Sergio Busquets. I believe Jordi Alba has been also announced that he has been signed and the little thing that's different versus those signs versus Facundo Farias is Facundo Farias is a young player and he's kind of like an up-and-comer um, in some sense. Like, he's he's a promising player from the Argentinian League. Um, a lot of people were expecting him to be, like, the next big thing uh, as far as uh, South American talent. And Inter-Miami, which is kind of interesting when you think about that because Inter-Miami just got Tata Martino to be their coach. Atlanta United, their when their first their first period, their first uh when their first year they had Tata Martino as their coach. And I mean they went out and got Miguel Lamiron and uh and also Ezekiel Barco. Ezekiel Barco was said to be once again kind of one the next big thing from South America, which the plan was essentially for Atlanta United was obviously to build a competitive team, but bring in young players from South America Play, have them play at their level, get the exposure, and then obviously when a team from Europe comes in, sell them for a bookload of money, and you know, and continue and continue on uh, with the process. And so, it's it sounds so interesting. To, it's this is interesting to me because of the fact that that was kind of what Atlanta United was planning on doing. I think Inter Miami is going to do it and do it better because obviously <laughs> there hasn't really been much signings after that because I what. Miguel Amiron has been the only one that I can think of that left Inter Miami to go to Europe, which was Newcastle United. So for me, this it Inter Miami might be the better situation where Facundo is going to come in, play with Lionel Messi, um, get gets you know you know build up his stock, build up his hype, and then when a team from Europe is going to want him, they're going to pay they're going to pay a lot of money to bring him in, and then he's going to go and play in Europe. So I'm very intrigued. By this move, not so much of what he's going to do in Inter Miami. I think he's going to fit in very well, but I think the thing would be, what does Inter Miami do once the big teams come in and start offering? Maybe not even big teams, but once Europe comes knocking for for Facundo Farias, like how big of a payoff is is he going to be for them? So I'm very intrigued if they do end up uh, securing Facundo Farias over to Inter Miami. Uh, so just keep an eye on that. 
Uh, Bayern Munich is interested in Julian Alvarez. Obviously, they're fighting for Harry Kane. Um, if Harry Kane just doesn't happen, uh, Julian Alvarez, who obviously is over at Ma- Manchester City, Champions League winners. Um, if if they're not able to, and obviously he's gonna he's behind, he's behind Erling Haaland, so he's not gonna start anytime soon. So I'm I'm guessing that you know. Maybe Bayern Munich is a better location for him to become at least a, has a better shot of being a starter at Bayern Munich right now. So that's going to be something interesting to follow if Harry Kane does not secure with Bayern Munich and if they end up choosing to go for Julian Alvarez. So that's another thing to follow. Uh, Mares is, has agreed to terms with Al Ali. So another big, uh, English Premier League player going to Saudi Arabia. So, Saudi Arabia is going to be a very interesting story this year. Um, Julian Rajo is set to leave Barcelona. Um, obviously, Julian Rajo came in in, in the in the winter transfer window uh, to Barcelona. There was a lot of drama behind that signing because of the fact that, like, did they get him? Did they not get him? And eventually, they did get him. They, he comes in, wins <laughs> wins La Liga. I don't really think he played, if any. Um, but obviously, in that right-back position now, uh, Sergino Des is back, and it seems that like Barcelona is actually going to ride it out. They're going to see if Sergino could be that that right back. I'm guessing they saw all that they needed to see from Julian Araujo, and it just didn't didn't seem like he could be the guy for them. So we'll see what happens, man. I think uh, I think Julian Araujo is a really good player. I think I don't think the move to Barcelona helped or hurt him in any way. It it obviously hurt him because. He really didn't get to play, um, and then obviously he was with Mexico in, in the Gold Cup. Didn't play for Mexico, so like he he needs to go somewhere where he's going to be able to play and at least prove to the Mexican national team that he could be an option at the right back position for El Tri. Um, and I I think leaving Barcelona could probably be in his best interest. Uh, whether he stays in Europe or comes back to the MLS, that's that's totally up in the air. But I know, but it seems that Barcelona. Has seen all that they needed to see from Julian Araujo and are just not interested in him. Um, Chucky Lozano, who won won the Italian uh, the Serie A with Napoli. A lot of people forget that he's in Nap- he was in Nap- he's in Napoli. Um, he is talking about uh, there's a possibility of him leaving Napoli, and obviously there was there's also interest from Saudi Arabia, but he seems not not wanting to go to Saudi Arabia. And has actually has actually shown interest in a MLS move, specifically LAFC. And obviously, LAFC currently has uh, Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela seems to be kind of near the tail end of his time over there in LAFC. And what better to kind of just walk right in with another big Mexican winger who I think could be really good for the league. And I think for LAFC's market does benefit from having a high profile Mexican player. Um, so I would, I'm very intrigued of what's going on there for Chucky Lozano. I think MLS could be a move for him. I don't know if he should go to MLS right away. I feel like he, he could probably get one more chance with another European team, but Hey, if he wants to come to the U S I'm not against it. I would love to watch Chucky Lozano. Um, and so I will, I I'm all for it for Chucky. But yeah, Chucky Lozano interested in an MLS move. I think specifically it's LAFC, but you know, who knows? Who knows what happens there? And the last one is 
obviously Manchester United parted ways with uh, David De Gea. David De Gea is something to follow, obviously, to see where he ends up going. But Manchester United has already uh, found a very good replacement for him in Andre Onana from Inter Milan. He is now going to become a Red Devil, and I think this is a solid signing. If there's one thing you need to know about Manchester United, goalkeepers is kind of part of their, at least their recent history, obviously, with David De Gea uh, and Anwin Van der Sar being, you know, the two names that you can instantly think of. Onana, a guy from a very big Ajax team that almost made it to the final uh, in the Champions League back in, I think it was 2018. It was some, it, it was, it was way back, but they, you know, they made it to the, the semifinal and uh, that team is just completely dismantled. That team, uh, at least that team, that, that period, all of them are no longer with Ajax are all somewhere else. And Onana was the goalkeeper for them. Um, and I, I, I think he was dealing with some, with some sort of issue. I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but he, he wasn't allowed to play. I know that he was a he was looked at as an option for Arsenal. He was looked at as an option for AC Milan. Like a lot of teams in Europe were very much interested in him. Obviously, he ends up having to just leave uh, Ajax, and uh, and then Inter Milan just just end up getting him on the free. Or well, I don't know how, if they were did they transfer for him? Did they made a transfer for him, or did he come in as free agent? I don't know. But he ended up being a standout for last year's Champions League. I believe he was goalkeeper of the tournament. Um, but yeah, so he, he, uh, ends up leaving, uh, but like after just one amazing season over there with Inter Milan, um, a lot of teams came knocking and Manchester United, uh, opened up the checkbook to go ahead and get Andre Onana. I think this is a really good signing for Manchester United. Uh, I think he shores up a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things. I mean, I think David De Gea and him are, are very similar, um, Obviously, the big thing would be for Manchester United is their defense, because I mean you can have a great goalkeeper, but if your defense isn't good, you're it's still you're still gonna get scored on. So, but I think Andre Onana is definitely a very good solution to the loss of David De Gea. But that is the transfer talk, and we're gonna move on to headlines. The first headline is going to be PSG. This is a very very crazy situation that's going on. And that is how they're dealing with the Mbappe situation. Obviously, they gave Mbappe the world. They gave him the club, <laughs> essentially. Um, to, you know, but what they didn't, they, they, they didn't realize that there was going to be an option. You know, essentially that contract is on. That, it's over. I don't, after one year, <laughs> I don't remember, I don't know exactly what happened with that contract, but I guess he had an opt out option option to opt out of this contract. I I don't know. Maybe. It seems like it. Because it's, I thought it was a very long contract to begin with. But he he seems to not be... He, he seems to make... Wants this season to be his last season with PSG. And then he's going to move on to another club. Seems very strongly that it's Real Madrid. But... What Mbappe wants to do is play out his last season. And then walk out and, and, and seek his own venture. PSG, on the other hand, which obviously were in a very, very harsh situation near the end of last year, which was Mbappe was going to walk out after his contract and was going to go sign with Real Madrid. As a matter of fact, it seemed that everything was done. He was going to sign with Real Madrid. And then PSG kind of comes in and gives him this once-in-a-lifetime contract that 
nobody would say no to. And Mbappe signed it. And it seemed that they had Mbappe for years and years to come. Um, I believe he had like some sort of position with the club and really pissed off a lot of people because obviously, you know, no one should be bigger than the club. And that's essentially what that contract did. Uh, but I don't know what happened. I don't know where, where this, like the fact that this is going into his last year, but he's going into his last year. And like I said, Mbappe wants to leave at the end of the year when his contract runs out. But you have to understand the business of this game. When you have considerably one of the next best players in the world, it's the next GOAT debate is between Mbappe and Erling Haaland. Like, that's supposed to be the next GOAT debate. Um, and Erling Haaland is, has proven that he can do it in Borussia Dortmund. He proved, and he definitely proved that, that he can do it with Manchester City and has already won a Champions League. He, you know, Erling Haaland is like rising his stock. Some may say that he might be up for the ball in the war this year. Um, I mean, the guy also set the record for most goals in the Premier League season. Whereas you have Kylian Mbappe in League on winning League on, but like I said, League on ain't the Bundesliga. League on definitely ain't the Premier League. So, you know, and so, like I said, Mbappe, I think in his head, he wants just one last swan song. He wants to finish it out and then, and then walk off knowing that he, he did his best for PSG. But PSG ain't stupid. PSG knows that if you have a player of his caliber, you got to not leave empty handed. Like, if you're going to send him out to another club, if he's going to another club, you better make sure you get something out of your investment. Um, Kind of, kind of similar to when you think about it when, when Mbappe came to PSG from Monaco, and I don't know how much, how much they got, how much Monaco got for for Mbappe, but I'm not assuming it was a lot. But PSG, but the same at the end of it all, Monaco got something for Mbappe. PSG was very close to last year not getting anything for Mbappe, and they don't want that to happen again next season. So if they're, they are saying they're going to listen out to offers. Real Madrid is pushing very strongly to get Mbappe. Everybody knows that. Everybody doesn't. Everybody can see that. Um, as well as Arsenal is another club that's very much interested in. There's a lot of clubs interested in Kylian Mbappe. But the point is, is that it's gotten to the point where it is getting very, uh, maybe not like, not like conflicting, but Obviously, you have Mbappe that wants to finish out his year, his contract, and then you have PSG, who is now giving him ultimatums, which is either you extend right now, or we're gonna, or we're gonna, or we're gonna go ahead and sell you. And and, and this is where the part of like this business that people need to understand is no one's bigger than the club. Like that's like the whole thing, the whole spill of all this is at the end of the day, nobody, and I mean nobody is bigger than the club. Like, no one's bigger than Real Madrid. Like, you cannot tell me there's a player bigger than Real Madrid. You you might say Cristiano Ronaldo, but Cristiano Ronaldo clearly wasn't uh, big enough for... Like, he's not bigger than the club. At the end of the day, where even when Ronaldo left, Real Madrid still won a Champions League. So, like, that's where I'm going with. Like, the club is still going to run... Like, it's not like when Ronaldo left, Real Madrid went down the shitter. Real Madrid was still competitive in their own way. Um, and so like, that's, that's the argument here. And so 
PSG, and they they even said PSG will still be PSG with or without Mbappe, which is funny because like I don't know, <laughs> and it's not because PSG just doesn't have the players. It's not even that. It's just PSG is in the in their in the league that they're in, and it's, it's that's like what's really hurting them. But because they're never gonna win a Champions League, I I am very adamant about that statement. Um, but anyways. Like I said, Mbappe wants wants to finish out, but PSG is like, we're not gonna. You I, you can play next season, but you're gonna have to extend. If not, we're gonna go ahead and sell you to the highest bidder. And I think that's like the the kind of the caveat of all, of all this is that if clubs want to get Mbappe, they have to pay out. And I don't know if there's any club that's willing to pay out the money that PSG is gonna want, except for Real Madrid. Real Madrid, I think, makes the most sense. They've wanted, they've wanted Mbappe for the longest. I know there's other clubs, and I'm sure there's other clubs that are going to go after him. But at the end of the day, Real Madrid is still the team that is poised and has has the resources to go after him. And so that's where I'm thinking. The matter of fact, like the fact that they still don't have a number nine, and they, uh, like I said, I think they're keeping that that position very much available. Real Madrid does need a striker. Like out of all the teams that are going after going after Mbappe, the team that needs Mbappe the most is Real Madrid. They are purposely leaving that nine spot open for Mbappe. You're talking about a front three that could a, a potential front three with Mbappe at the striker, and on the wings you have Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo. That is a stacked front three that's very young. A very young front three that could be a very dangerous front three. Along with that midfield that Real Madrid is potentially having. Um So, I mean, if, if Mbappe wants a good shot at winning a Champions League, if Mbappe wants a good shot at r- lifting his stock up to win a ball on the or. Real Madrid is the destination for Kylian Mbappe. And I'm not saying that with the bias of being a Real Madrid fan, obviously, but I would definitely love to have Kylian Mbappe if you guys didn't realize that. But realistically, there's no other club in this world that you should not be looking at besides Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid is the destination for Kylian Mbappe, and that's just my thoughts. But at this situation, I think Kylian Mbappe has to understand if PSG is not going to let him just finish out his contract. They're just not. I think he understands the business at this point. Um, so he has to decide. Does he want to extend so he can play next season with PSG or just get sold? And I, and, and I think at the end of it all, he is, he is playing on going to Real Madrid. So Real Madrid, I mean, yes, it sucks that Real Madrid is going to have to pay a lot of money to get Kylian Mbappe instead of just waiting him play, you know, instead of having him, you know, wait out till next year. But I think, I think, I think at the end of the day, I think Mbappe needs to leave PSG. Like he's not going to be looked at, looked at for Ballon d'Or until he leaves PSG. At least seriously for the Ballon d'Or until he leaves PSG. That's just my thoughts. But uh, it's gonna. This is gonna be an interesting storyline to follow this summer because the fact is. What's gonna happen? Is he is he gonna go to Real Madrid or is he gonna go elsewhere or is he going to end up just sucking it up, extending with PSG, and see what happens there? So that is uh, the Mbappe 
PSG storyline. The next storyline, I was actually going to talk about Al Nassar, but recently, <laughs> um, so Chris, you know, obviously everyone's talking about Cristiano Ronaldo's big move to, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's big move to, to, uh, to, uh, what the fuck? Cristiano Ronaldo, oh, not Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Everyone's talking about, uh, Messi, Lionel Messi's big move to enter Miami, going to the MLS. Obviously, all the excitement of Messi going to the MLS, the, the videos of him going to the public's grocery store and, and, and just overall, just Messi mania just already running wild in, in South Florida. Um, has gotten a lot of attention. Obviously, they had the big presentation for him on Apple TV, which, by the way, um, really great, really great. Uh, 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 well, no, I wouldn't say it was great. It was kind of awkward at times. It, 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 it's. I think because of the weather delay, it definitely like affected a lot of what they were planning on doing. Um, but, uh, but I think nonetheless, I think overall, just obviously, very full crowd. You know, everyone's excited about Messi. Um, you know, we're, everyone's excited about what Messi can do to help elevate MLS. And I think that's going to be the, the thing that could grow MLS significantly more, uh, in, for years to come. But obviously when you talk about Messi, you can't, and you cannot talk about, cannot not talk about his adversary for so many years in Cristiano Ronaldo, who obviously everybody knows is currently playing in Al Nassar in the Saudi League, which Saudi League has had its its own kind of interesting storyline going on this summer, as a lot of players have, are going to Saudi Arabia to go play in the in that league. Um, but Ronaldo, I guess he was interviewed about about uh, Messi's move to Inter Miami, and. Which is so funny to me because, like, a few years ago, back when he was still at Real Madrid, when they were doing a U.S. tour, Ronaldo said that he would love to come to play major league, play in major league soccer. He thinks it's a very good league. He think, you know, he, you know, he was saying all that stuff, which I mean, I'm sure it was just him just trying to do good PR. But you know, spoke highly of MLS and said that even he would like one, he would, he would like to one day come to the MLS. Um, but obviously, he go, went to Saudi Arabia. He chose the money. So the 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 difference between Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi was that Ronaldo chose the money, and remember Ronaldo almost chose to go to Sporting Kansas City. That almost happened. Um, and what's funny to me is I feel like they weren't prepared, and that MLS wasn't prepared to offer him what they offered Messi. I think Ronaldo was just gonna get a deal, and that was it. <laughs> like he wasn't gonna get the Apple TV contract. He wasn't gonna get the jersey sales. I'm sure that there was going to be some sort of package presented from MLS, but we weren't getting, we weren't hearing all of what MLS was prepared to do to secure Cristiano Ronaldo. We heard what MLS was prepared to do to get Lionel Messi. And I'm not saying that this is like the solidification of the GOAT debate or anything like that. You know, Ronaldo, Messi, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just happy that I was, I was, I was alive to see that rivalry happen, but, here, nonetheless, so Ronaldo ends up talking shit about MLS. He felt that the league was inferior and that he felt that the side league was much better, especially because he <laughs> cleared the pathway to go to the Saudi league, which I call bullshit because there has been plenty of players in, from Europe that have chosen to go play in Saudi Arabia before Ronaldo. Obviously, Ronaldo is the larger scale, kind of like if you were to compare the leagues, obviously Ronaldo would, Ronaldo to Saudi Arabia is similar to what Messi is right now to the MLS, but 
I, I, I don't, I don't see where the Saudi league is better than the MLS. I don't see the argument. Um, I would definitely, I, I honestly, if you were to put like, e- like every team in the Saudi league go 1v1, like where they're ranked in their, in their group, in the league table to like every player right now, I wouldn't even say the whole league as a whole, like just, Look at the Western Conference and just put each team. Like I don't think the first place team in Saudi Arabia would 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 just blow out uh, St. Louis City SC. St. Louis SC, by the way, very loaded team. <laughs> if, if you guys haven't noticed, very well run team. So I don't like I don't see like the best team in Saudi Arabia or like the champions of Saudi Arabia can easily say they're gonna beat St. Louis SC. And mind you, St. Louis SC is an expansion team. And like, so I don't, I don't see where I don't like, so like, I don't see the argument here. Like, I don't think, I don't think the Saudi league is any better than the MLS. I don't think MLS is any better than the Saudi league, but like the, the difference is, is the, and I, I don't know. I really can't tell you about the Saudi league. I don't watch Saudi league. I can't tell you anything about Saudi, one. It's not very accessible for me to watch it. So I can't tell you. So I, I'm, I'm just going to point that out, but I know that the MLS is definitely a really good product. I don't, I, I, I think Ronaldo, I think, I think he showed his jealousy right now. I think he showed that, hey, people are not talking about me. And, and I mean, I mean, if Ronaldo really wants people talking about them, I mean, Al Nassar is currently dealing with a transfer ban. Um, because they're not allowed to register any new players because of something that happened, uh, way back, I believe it was 2018, when the fact that they still like us, they still owe like as a city 500,000. 500,000 to like from Leicester City plus interest, um, which was a transfer for Ahmed Musa, who ended up leaving the club in 2020. So the fact that they're still dealing with a transfer from almost five years ago, um, I don't think MLS has had anything like that. So, so I really don't know where Ronaldo's coming from. Um, obviously I want him to take pride in the Saudi league, take pride in the league that he plays in. Um, but I just, I just think it's interesting that like, uh, instead of just being happy for Messi that he got his, he got a deal to him that a deal that he felt benefits him in the best way possible playing in a, in a league that he felt he wants, he wants to grow in a situation now where he has former teammates now playing with him along with a coach that could, de- that understands the league because they got Tata Martino now. One understands the league, MLS, which I think is a really benefit. I don't know. I don't think people talk about that enough. But a guy that also knows Messi and knows some of these players because he coached them in Barcelona and in, and, and, well, I mean, Messi mainly in Argentina. So, like, I think, and this is me, I think that Ronaldo's just hating. I, that's all I really got to say. I think Ronaldo's just hating. He's just being petty. Um, he, I'm, I'm, you know, like, he, he, Ronaldo never helps himself. Like, he really doesn't. Like, he, he really doesn't help himself. Like, uh, when, you know, I, I go back to when I was, when, when he was playing for Real Madrid. And obviously everyone's like, oh, Ronaldo's self-centered. He's selfish, blah, blah, blah. Like, he only cares about himself and his appearance. And, and I always try to say, no, he's a hardworking player. Like, he, he's not like that. And I always remember this game, this game that I was watching. I forgot the, who they were playing, but someone hit Ronaldo in the face, like, on his, like, upper cheek and Ronaldo like requested and someone to give him an ice cube 
so he can keep the swelling down. So he was playing the game with, while putting this ice cube on his cheek because he didn't want the swelling to go. He didn't want him to. He didn't want to swell up. So he's doing this, and as he's doing this, he's playing the game not very well because obviously, I, I mean, he played, he played, but like it's a, I, I that was a, one of those moments where I'm like, this man, this man really is doing this right now. But that's just my thought, uh, Ronaldo. Like, here's what I'm. This is what I'm saying. Like, all Ronaldo could have done, all Ronaldo should have done, was just, yeah, I'm happy for him. That's a, it's a really interesting situation there. That's it. Like, he didn't, because, like, you knew what you were doing. Like, you knew exactly what you were doing when you decided to say, I think the side league is better than Major League Soccer. It's not, like, a huge, like, he basically wanted to shit on what Messi was doing because he's like, nah, what Messi's doing ain't nothing. Like, MLS ain't, ain't a better league. I'm making the side league a better league. I I paved the way for players to come to side league. And it's just like, bro, just... Just shut the fuck up. And that's really how I felt, man. Because I was like, one, you don't really watch MLS. I don't really think you do. I don't think you cared to. Um, you didn't like that they didn't offer you the amount of money that they that the side league could have offered you. That the side league definitely offered you. I think that's the issue. I think that like, I get that the rules and there are certain restrictions when it comes to MLS. That could be frustrating for players. But... That then that doesn't mean you can you have to shit on a on someone that chooses to go play for that league, and clearly is doing something in the league that has getting like just alone just the level of of followers on on social media for Inter Miami is just plummeted. Ticket sales have not plummeted, skyrocketed. Uh, ticket sales have skyrocketed. Like holy shit! But the point is is that Ronaldo could have just been like, yeah, I'm happy for the guy. But no, he was just like, oh man, my league's so much better. Like, and so for me, I, at the end of it all, I just think Cristiano Ronaldo is just hating. Uh, and I, and if that's the case, like he, he's like saying that his league is so much better, yet your, your team you play for can't even sign any more players because they can't, they can't give some, they can't give like a city $5,000. So, but they gave you so much fucking money. Yeah, so I just want to point that out. That's all I got to say for that about Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo, at this point, is trying so hard to get so much attention. That's all I got to say. I think he's trying too hard now. Just move on, man. Focus on yourself. Uh, you're playing your, your league. Like, like I said, I don't know about the Saudi League. I can't tell you about the Saudi League. But just worry about yourself, man. That's all I got to say. And uh, the last headline is Christian Pulisic. Um, Obviously, everybody knows Christian Pulisic's nightmare period at uh, at uh, Chelsea, where it seemed like he was gonna he was gonna be the be in the Premier League. He was gonna be this this rising star uh, for Chelsea. Um, he gets he he's you know he gets the number ten for Chelsea. So it's like looking like man, Christian Pulisic is really doing it. He's showing the world what American players could do, and. It's just been a nightmare of a of a time there. Like none of the coaches trust uh, Christian Pulisic. No, he never he never gets his a fair. He never got like a, I don't truly believe. I truly don't believe he got a fair shot at Chelsea. Um, more and more, I'm starting to think that Christian Pulisic was just a a marketing ploy for Chelsea. And, and the reason why I say that is because like teams do this. 
teams do this around the world. Like, I mean, I can even tell you Real Madrid, when they got Chicharito on loan, it wasn't because they wanted to use Chicharito as part of their club. No, they just wanted to super, like, uh, get their jersey sales up from Mexico. Like, that's what, that's what Messi, that's what, not Messi, <laughs> that's what Chelsea was doing. Like, I don't think Christian Bolisic was, was really seriously going to be, uh, an option for Chelsea. Um, and it was crazy to think that because, like, coming off the bench, he was scoring goals. Like, um, he was being productive for Chelsea. Was, was a big helpful part for them in their run for the Champions League. Um, was, barely got to play a Champions League final. Um, but I, I, and it's like, it's crazy to think that because, like, you know, a lot of people were like, maybe it's just because Christian Pulisic isn't that good. And it's like, and, and people were actually trying to tell us that, tell American fans that, like, guys, he's just not good. Like, yeah, he's probably your best player, but he's just not good. And it, and, and it really had some people thinking, like, man, maybe Christian Pulisic isn't that good of a player. But, like, when you watch him play for the U.S. men's national team, he's killing it. He's putting his body in the line to, you know, to get goals in. And so I'm, you know, when I see that, I'm like, there's no way that he's, like, there's no way Christian Pulisic is, is so bad that he can't start for, at least get like good regular minutes for Chelsea, especially when they just were lacking in the attack. Like for me, it, it made no sense of like just how little and like I said, people were trying to say that it's not, it's Christian Pulisic's fault. It's not Chelsea's fault. He just doesn't fit to, he, he just, he just ain't cutting it. But it's like the guys that they were essentially cutting it, like they weren't, they weren't as impactful either. And so like for me, like at one point I'm like, no, it's not Christian Pulisic. It is Chelsea. And then like obviously the downward spiral that happened with Chelsea this past season, like it just proves it. So it's not Christian Pulisic. But at the end of it all, obviously he leaves. He's going to, uh, going to AC Milan, which I, I just want to say, uh, I don't get to shit on Landon Donovan that much anymore, but thank God that he did. He gave me some material, man. So Landon Donovan pointed out that Christian Pulisic should come to the MLS. And, and, and obviously, you know, obviously with the fact that Messi is now in the MLS, that if he comes to the MLS, like, it's just going to build up more hype for... And, and look, and this is someone that loves the MLS. Like, I enjoy watching the MLS. I think the MLS is a good league. I don't want... I don't want Christian Pulisic to come to the MLS just yet. Like, he has still so much that he can prove in Europe. He's still very young. Um, So, for him to choose to go to... And same... Like... Earlier, I, earlier in this episode, I was I was actually saying that Chucky Lozano should not go to the MLS because he still has so much to play for. I think he can still prove himself in Europe. I like, I mean, he he just won, like you know, he just won with Napoli. Like he is still a high quality player. Like, why would he want to come to the MLS now? And I get it that Carlos Vela basically kind of did that similar thing where he was entering his prime, um, and, and instead of. Instead of like trying to keep going with Europe, he, he came to the MLS. And I think it was a different situation for Carlos Vela. But guys like Chucky Lozano and Christian Pulisic, like it's not over for them. They are entering like their, their top, their prime period to really show out what they can do and represent their countries proudly and, and be beneficial for their national teams. So like for me, Landon Donovan is just fucking stupid. I think, look, 
the fact is, the matter at the end of the day, Landon Donovan just couldn't cut it in Europe. Like he just he just couldn't. Um, he's forever going to be one of the best players in MLS because that was literally the only league that he played in. Um, yes, I know he he did his stint at Everton. Yeah, I know he he was in Germany for a bit, but at the end of the day, he he came he crawled back to the United States and played for the MLS. And I, yeah, I say all those hurtful things because of the fact that I just don't like uh, I don't like Landon Donovan. But I just want to say Landon Donovan, shut the fuck up. But Christian Pulisic now is in AC Milan. He is now playing for a a a club that seems like they very much want him in a club that uh it seems like they very much value him. Is he a marketing ploy for for Americans? Probably. I mean, their jersey sales has definitely went up because of Christian Pulisic. But I think at the end of the day, he's in a better situation where it seems like he's going to play. And, you know, obviously he, his Chelsea teammate, Loftus-Cheek, is there as well. Uh, AC Milan trying to build that team to compete for, for you know, for the, for the Serie A. And, I mean, they were literally one game away from the Champions League final. So they want to definitely build off of that momentum. And I think adding a player like Christian Pulisic, is to them is is that next step for them. So I don't I don't think uh Christian Pulisic is is done by any means, but it's definitely it's it's cool to it's great to see him, you know, happy. And he, you know, it seems that he is very much happy. But uh but let, let's go ahead and get going with our debate topic. This debate topic is brought to you by Canadips. Canadips is a great tasting superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. It comes in five core flavors, wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango, and American spice. Crafted and manufactured in Humboldt County, California, the heart of the cannabis industry. Traditional dip is a hassle. It's addictive, messy, and it's also over 100 years old. Other alternatives just aren't good enough for guys today. They are still addictive, still messy, or just taste like shit. Um, cannabis uses 100% American-grown hemp combined with a water-dispersible technology. So it absorbs rapidly, and it de- developed a way to deliver CBD through the mouth that no one else has, so that you can actually enjoy it. Um, you can use a co- it uses a coconut fiber and other natural ingredients, so there is no synthetic flavorings or any other nasty shit like that. So if you guys want to use, uh, go to, go check out Canadips. Use go to CanadipsCBD.com and use the code uh, BellyUp. Sports, shit. Uh, that, this is this is great, guys. This is great. Great, 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 great. I got the code. I know the code. I should know the code. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. This is this is a. I always gotta make sure that I always look up the code before I I, I do this again. I am so sorry, guys. Use the code BellyUp20 to save yourself twenty percent off. Once again, CanadipsCBD.com. Use the code BellyUp20 to save yourself twenty percent off your purchase at Canadips. Thank you to Canadips for, for being the presenting partner of this debate topic. So, sticking with Christian Pulisic, a lot of people are feeling this. There's some people that feel this. I don't know particularly, but is AC Milan a last shot for Christian Pulisic? And I will tell you this. In some sense, yes, it is. Christian Pulisic is now what? Uh, Christian Pulisic, I mean, what is he like? Uh, I think he's like 24. 
I'm about to find out. I'm gonna. Let me see. God dang, it really takes that long to find out. Okay. Christian, yeah, Christian Pulisic is 24 years old. So, I mean, I don't. It's not necessarily like his last shot at a European club. I think that it's more so his last shot to prove the doubters wrong. I mean, he went to Borussia Dortmund. Uh, you know, he was in Borussia Dortmund, ends up becoming a regular player for Borussia Dortmund, uh, and then goes to Chelsea, where a lot of people were hoping that he would become a regular for Chelsea. And like I said, because of just that period over there with, with Chelsea, there's a lot of doubt behind it. I think if he comes to AC Milan and isn't a regular player, uh, I'm not even say regular starter, but just someone that gets regular minutes for, for AC Milan, it is going to be very hard for Pulisic to get another shot at a top club. So to be more specific, I don't think it's his last shot in Europe. I think this this is his last shot for a top club in Europe. Uh, I mean, Borussia Dortmund, he proved that he could do it. Chelsea had moments to be able to prove himself, but there has been so much doubt from that. AC Milan is now his third big club. And and I will say AC Milan is a big club um, just because of history and all that. And so this is Christian Pulisic's like last shot to prove that he can still play in top league for a top club in a in a top league. So that's my, my my thing. I think it is his last shot. I don't think it's his last shot for Europe. I think this is his last shot to play for a top league club in Europe. Um like I said, he's 24 years old. If he's able to prove to hit, to prove to be a regular player for AC Milan, proves to be very crucial for the growth of AC Milan. I think that he might be able to get another. He might be able to get one more move to maybe an even bigger club, but I think, I think Christian Pulisic, um, not his last shot in Europe. I think his last shot for a big club in Europe. So, that is my thought once again. So thank you, the candidates. Use the code BellyUp twenty to save yourself twenty percent off on your purchase at CandidatesCBD.com. All right, so. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll get going with the recap for the Gold Cup. Spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLYUP20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you got glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit starts off with the Beard Hedger, a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with the titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. So what are you waiting for? Save 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. And we're back. All right, make sure you guys follow 
BellyUp Sports at BellyUpSports.com and on Instagram and Twitter at BellyUpMedia and at BellyUpSports. A lot of great stuff going on there. Go go ahead and check it out. Like I said, uh, I'm working on becoming a a writer for BellyUp. So, you know, keep be on the lookout for some possible articles I end up writing over there for BellyUp Sports. But the 2023 Gold Cup Final is over. It is done. And we have a champion, and that is Mexico. Mexico ends up beating Panama 1-0. Mexico had 52% of the possession. Mexico outshot Panama 23-14, 7-2 with shots on target. Um, yeah, Mexico ends up winning their ninth gold cup, and it was behind the 88th-minute goal by Santiago Jimenez, which I keep asking. I'm Honestly, I keep asking. And that is, why the fuck is this guy not starting? Um, I, I think a, a solid goal. I'm not, nothing against, uh, Martin, but I, I just think Santiago Jimenez is better. Um, but that's just my thoughts. You know what's funny is, Santiago Jimenez is basically my Raul Jimenez, like, a few years, like, yeah, like a couple years ago. I was always like, man, who is this Raul Jimenez kid and why is he not starting? I hope Santiago Jimenez does not follow the career of Raul Jimenez um, because it is a very rough career. Um, but, yeah, nonetheless, Santiago Jimenez scores the goal. Mexico has now extended their lead in nine Gold Cup titles. Um, essentially, the Gold Cup as a whole, I think, it was a really good tournament. Um, I mean, both Mexico, U.S., and Canada both brought in B teams. I... I I am very confident in saying that that was not Mexico's A team. Yes, they still had Memo Ochoa. Yes, they still had Edson Alvarez, um, and a few other players. But I don't necessarily think that this was uh, Mexico's A team. And, and um, and the U.S. All right, I've already said my whole piece with Mexico. Congratulations, ninth gold cup. Uh, you know, just an amazing, amazing run that Mexico has in this tournament. Um, but my thing with the U.S., what the U.S. should have done, which, one, the B team to me was just, it was, it, they weren't good enough. I think that's the best way to say it. They beat the country that they're supposed to beat. They beat, you know, obviously they beat Trinidad and Tobago. They beat, uh, St. Kitts. Um, they, they drew against, uh, Jamaica. Um, I mean, you know, they technically they drew against Canada. You know, they it, it was a draw, but still they went to penalties to beat Canada. Um, and then they drew against Panama. Um, I I don't think you can go with that kind. The B team, like the whole MLS guys. Like I'm not saying I'm not like saying don't use MLS guys. I'm saying like. Stop using the same, like, we don't need, we, we've seen all that we need to see from Jordan Morris. We've seen all that we need to see from Christian Rodan. We've seen all that we need to see from, like I said, these guys aren't, are just not good enough. Like, we need to, like, start moving on from these guys and start looking at, at and, and like, this is what kind of annoyed me a little bit was, um, so, the, for, so the next coming, I forgot which which international friendlies, um, but they're not looking to. They're not gonna. They're not bringing out their A teams for those. 
Um, but what they are going to be doing is they're going to use the U23 players. And, and the thing that, the thing that bothers me about that is why didn't we do that for the Gold Cup? Like, why weren't we using our U23 players? Like, why weren't we using the guys that compete in the, like, most, a lot of the guys that were competing in the U20 World Cup? Like, I understand the logic of like, hey, let's, let's let our, our A team guys go and, uh, figure out their club situations. Like, I, I get that and I'm fine with that. But my issue is just the fact that like, we could have looked at other guys, looked at guys that we could potentially be using, uh, for the U.S. in the, you know, like the U23 guys, those are guys that we're going to definitely be looking at come 2026. And, uh, why don't we do that for the Gold Cup? Like that would have been the clear cut solution for the Gold Cup roster would have been like, Oh, let's go look at our U23 guys. Um, see who, who we haven't been looking at. Let's look at them. Or definitely, definitely should have pulled guys from the U20, uh, World Cup roster because, I mean, they did very well in the U20 World Cup. Um, we should have been seeing a little bit more. Um, I, I, if the result was still the same with the U20, U23 roster, um, I mean, obviously, like, that's fine. Like, I mean, then so be it. But, like, I'm just, at this point, I think we've seen enough from the guy, like, Aaron Long should have not been called up. I don't think Aaron Long, sh- I think we've seen all that we need to see from Aaron Long. I think we, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, we brought in a B team, but it wasn't essentially a good B team. I, I think, I think we would have had a better chance with the, with the U20s, with the U23 team than, than what we had with the B team. Um, Jesus Ferreira, I know we just had a debate. I just had, last week I had a debate talking about Jesus Ferreira, but like, if his only accol- if his nickname is Pirate of the Caribbean because he only scores goals on te- on Caribbean teams, that's not a bragging point. Like, no offense to Jesus Ferreira, I think he works really hard. I think he's, I think he's a hardworking player and I think he, he does a lot of great things. He does need to go to Europe to see what he could potentially really be. But like, if that's like our strongest suit is beating Caribbean teams, then like, what are we going to, like, there's countries in this gold cup that got better. Like Guatemala got better. Um, Panama. Panama is probably the best team in Central America right now. Actually, not probably. They're definitely the best team in Central America right now. Like, that, it's no longer Costa Rica. It's, it's Panama. Um, Guatemala is, is kind of on the up and up. El Salvador, you better get your shit together because, yeah, it's, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be easy anymore. And so, like, Canada's B team, I, aside from the fact that, like, the the big three, which is Canada, Mexico, and U.S., brought in B teams. Like, yeah, this this is this is not a good look for 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 the U.S. I think um, if it, it's also like, are, are y'all really taking this Gold Cup seriously? Because I mean, like bringing in a B team, like not necessarily B team, but guys are like, we know we just know they're not good enough, and you're gonna bring them. Like I'm surprised Sebastian Legette didn't get called up. I'm surprised. I'm surprised we didn't see Pariola. I'm surprised we didn't. Um, I'm surprised we didn't see Yazzie's artist. Like at this point, so it should have been the U23 team. I don't know if we win it or not with the U23 team, but 
I think we had a better shot at it than what what because like every single game I felt was like yeah, but like yeah, you know we we got the we got the draw against Jamaica, but like we should have won. We should you know we could have won that game. Yeah, we beat Trinidad Tobago, but Trinidad Tobago. Yeah, we beat St. Kitts, but it's St. Kitts. Yeah, we beat Canada, but we had to go to penalties. Like, see, like, that was the whole thing. Like, and and it's not like anybody, it's not like the guys benefited. Like, the guys that got called up benefited from it. I don't, I don't feel like they did. Like, I mean, like, these are guys that we, like, at this point, like, as much as I love Jordan Morris, like, he, he's just not going to cut it anymore. Like, the guys that are our A team, the, the our our actual U.S. men's national team, like Jordan Morris doesn't even make the reserves for that team, so why should he make the B team? Like we need to start actually like looking at guys that we really think could compete at least for a sub a bench spot with this A team that we're having, because. The potential that the U and I know that we're you know I don't want to overhype the U.S. as much as we always are we're already doing, but the potential with this U.S. men's national team is very very high. All the guys competing very well, like all guys playing in some top leagues, all guys that are being productive in at some sense for some of these top leagues. Um, it's a good sign. So like, let's take advantage of this. And, and, and like, the guys that are kind of on, you know, on the fringe, like, let's bring in guys that are prob- are better than the guys on, like, we should not be seeing Aaron Long anymore. We should not be seeing Jordan Morris anymore. Uh, I, I don't, I, like, Christian Roldan, we definitely shouldn't be seeing anymore. We need to, just, we need to just move on from these guys that are simply just not good enough. Like let's let's see let's see what else we have. Like let's see what other options we have. Um like at this point, hire a tactical manager and and, and eleven Yanks. Like let because I mean they have a I, clearly seems like they have a better eye for talent for a B team. But uh, aside aside from all that, man, the Gold Cup, I think Concav is getting better in some sense. Um I think Obviously, take it with a grain of salt with the fact that Mexico, USA, and Canada, both all three of them brought a B team to the tournament. But aside from that, I think I think Guatemala was such a huge surprise in this tournament and a good surprise. Like I mean, they played very well. They they really they they really gave it to uh, to Jamaica. Uh, but I I don't I don't think they beat Mexico. But I think Guatemala was just a great story for the tournament. Um, yeah, overall, I think uh, another good tournament. Congrats to Mexico for winning their ninth gold cup. Um, but that is the gold cup, and we'll move on to the 2023 Leagues Cup. So the Leagues Cup is now having a new format. So previously, it was just, I believe it was eight teams in total, four from the MLS, four from Liga Mekis, or I don't know how many it was. But essentially, that was the format for the tournament. Um... This year will feature all 47 teams um, in Liga Mekis and MLS. So every single team 
will be participating in this tournament. It is recognized as a CONCACAF tournament, so when winner of this tournament does get a spot in the CONCACAF Champions League, or whatever they're calling it now. So it is looked at as a very serious tournament. As a matter of fact, Liga Mekis and MLS have taken a break to play this tournament. So it 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 is literally going to be all focused into this tournament. So it is so this is how it's going to be set up. It is going to be 15 groups of 3 cuz holy shit that sounds like a lot. But top 2 teams go on to the knockout round of each group. LAFC and Pachuca will advance automatically to the knockout rounds. LAFC Winners of Supporter Shield and Pachuca, uh, first place team in the Apuetura, I believe. What was the last one? Well, anyways, Pachuca, um, the high, the highest, uh, highest place team last year, um, in, in Liga Mekis. So here are the groups. So each, so it's, it's down to, it's, it's separate, it's broken down into four regions, West, Central, South, and East. Um, and then each one has either three or four groups amongst those regions. So this is going to be a lot. In West 1, you have the Portland Tigger, uh, Tigers, <laughs> Tigers, uh, the, <laughs> the Portland Tigers. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You understand why I said the Portland Tigers. Alright, the Portland Timbers. Tigres, Tigres, that's why I said Tigers. Um, the San, and the San Jose Earthquakes in that group. Um, I think Portland and, and Tigres moves, move, wins, moves on in that group. I think Tigres wins the group. Portland comes in second. Um, West 2, Raul Salt Lake, Monterrey and the Seattle Sounders. Give me Monterrey and the Seattle Sounders. In West 3, you have LA Galaxy, Club Leon, and Vancouver Whitecaps. Give me Club Leon and the LA Galaxy. I think this is going to be kind of that fresh start that LA Galaxy desperately needs. Um, obviously, they're kind of having their struggles in, in MLS. So, I think they kind of been turning it around a little bit. But um, this is going to be much needed for them. So, I think um, if, they can, if they can come out of the group, I think that will... Hopefully, maybe fairly do well in the tournament. I think that can like give them that second win in MLS. All right, now going into the Central and Central one, we got Columbus Crew, America, and St. Louis SC. Give me St. Louis SC and America. I actually think St. Louis could win this group. Um, I, I think they just have all the form right now. Central two, Minnesota United, Puebla, and Chicago Fire. Give me Minnesota United and give me Chicago Fire. So. Uh, I'm, that's going to be my bold one right there. Uh, Central 3, FC Cincinnati, Chivas de Guadalajara, and Sporting Kansas City. Give me Chivas de Guadalajara and Sporting Kansas City, which is going to be interesting because uh, Pulido, obviously former Chivas player, going to be getting to face his former club. Uh, in the Central 4, we have Nashville SC, Toluca, and the Colorado Rapids. Give me Nashville SC and Toluca. In the South, now we're going into the South region. South 1 is Austin FC, Mazatlan, and Juarez. Give me Austin FC and Juarez. In South 2, we have Orlando City, Santos Laguna, and the Houston and the Houston Dynamo. Give me Santos Laguna and Orlando City. I know, no faith in the Houston Dynamo, but that's... maybe Prove me wrong, Dynamo. Prove me wrong. In the South 3, we had Inter Miami, Cruz Azul, and Atlanta United. I'm going to say Inter Miami, 
and Cruz Azul. Dato Martino has a chance at revenge at his former club. And obviously, Messi and Sergio Busquets will see how impactful those guys are going to be with this Inter-Miami team. Uh, South 4 is going to be FC Dallas, Nacoxa, and Charlotte FC. Give me FC Dallas and Charlotte FC. In East 1, the Philadelphia are going to have Philadelphia. We're going in the East region, last region. East 1, Philadelphia Union, Tijuana, and Querétaro. Give me Philadelphia Union and Tijuana. Um, in East 2, we have Club de Foot de Montreal, Pumas, and DC United. Give me Pumas and Montreal. Actually, I take that back. Give me Pumas and DC United. In East 3, we have NYCFC, Atlas, and Toronto FC. Give me Atlas and NYCFC. And East 4, the last group, New York Red Bulls, Atletico San Luis, and the New England Revolution. Give me the Red Bulls and New England Revolution to advance in East 4. So, from all those groups, man, give me a group. The group to watch for me, for sure, is going to be uh, South 3, which is Inter-Miami, Cruz Azul, and Atlanta United. Because we're talking about Tata Martino. He gets to take on his former club in Atlanta United. Um, And then, obviously, Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets and whoever else they end up signing in Inter-Miami will be playing in this group. So, a lot of attention will be focused on this club. Cruz Azul, also a very formidable formidable club in Liga Mekis. So I think that's a very dangerous, uh, that's going to be a fun group to watch. And the group of death is, actually, give me Central 3. I think FC and Cincinnati, Guadalajara, and Sporting Kansas City will be a very tough group in the, in this tournament. So I think group of death will definitely be um, uh, Central 3. And then my spoiler team, my team that's going to be the spoiler in this tournament Ruin some, uh, ruin some people's days. Um, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, man, that's gonna be tricky. Um, maybe not necessarily in the group stage, but I'm going to say the spoiler is in this tournament is going to be, um, damn. I'm going to say LA Galaxy. I already said I, I think LA Galaxy can come out of their group. They need they need to do well in this tournament to really turn things around for them. Um, but I think with with uh, with the help that they're going to get, uh, I, I with the with I I think if they find some confidence in this tournament, they can literally ruin a lot of, a lot of people's brackets in this tournament. Um, and then my favorite to win this thing. Um, so I'm not going to go with any of the guys that are automatically going to knockout group, LAFC and Pachuca. Um, I'm actually going to go with my favorite. Well, no, I'm going to my dark horse pick. My dark horse pick is actually going to be St. Louis SC. I think St. Louis SC has been a well-run team, a well-put-together team. And I, I think they're good in every facet of the game. Even with the injuries that they're currently having, I think they're still a solid team. So that's my dark horse and then my favorite to win this this tournament is going to be Tigres. I think Tigres is going to win the tournament um, and, and show everybody who is the best in the League's Cup this year. So, yeah, that's my prediction. Uh, Players of the Week. Players of the Week is brought to you by In the Clutch. In the Clutch is an amazing, amazing, amazing apparel company that has partnered with the Players Associations of Major League Soccer, uh, Ma- Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, and so much more. They have great designs, man. I, I love them. And like I said, the best part, 
is that it goes straight to the players because it's all contributed by the Players Association. Um, so, if you guys go... And also, they passed the Fat Boy Test, according to Kelsey Coyne of High Low Sports. So, if you guys want to go ahead and check out their website, intheclutch.com, and you use the code INSERTDAME at checkout, you'll save yourself 10% off your purchase. So, once again, intheclutch.com, use the code INSERTDAME to save yourself 10% off your purchase. So, Edwards Player of the Week is Santiago Jimenez, who scored the winning goal in Mexico's 1-0 victory against Panama. And my Player of the Week is Guillermo Memo Ochoa, who gets the clean sheet in Mexico's 1-0 win against Panama and wins Keeper of the Tournament. So, congratulations to Santiago Jimenez and Guillermo Memo Ochoa, which shout out, by the way, because I, I, I will put it right now. Reason why Mexico won... The Gold Cup was because he went to an Astros game. Um, there was great pictures of him in Astros gear uh, cheering on the Astros. So, shout out to him. Uh, Memo Ochoa. Which, I mean, if you guys saw me at Corner Booth, you guys know that Memo Ochoa was a player that I would love to see play uh, for my team. Um, but, alright, games to watch, man. So, there are some big friendlies coming up. A lot of, like, U.S. tours are happening. So, uh, Arsenal versus Manchester United is coming up this weekend. Barcelona versus Juventus. And Real Madrid versus AC Milan. Uh, in the we have the 2022 FIFA Women's World Cup kicking off this weekend, so be on the lookout. USA versus Vietnam. This is going to be the US's statement to show the world that they are still they are still her. So we'll see how that goes. Denmark versus China. Netherlands versus Portugal. Portugal being the uh, debutantes. Um, I learned about that from Stewart. Netherlands, obviously, they were. Uh, they were in the final against the U.S. in the last World Cup, which I believe they're actually kind of in a group of death at right now uh, because they're in the same group as the U.S. Um, but yeah, check out Netherlands and Portugal. And France taking on Jamaica. Uh, Jamaica is Stewart's dark horse team, so get ready for that one. Um, the dark horse or spo- spoiler team uh, for, for him. So And then Leagues Cup, obviously, Cruz Azul versus Inter-Miami. Messi makes his debut. At least is expected to make his debut in this game. So we'll we'll see how that goes. And NYCFC versus Atlas. So get ready for that. Leeds Cup, you guys can watch it on Apple TV. But we'll go ahead and take a break, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this show up. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Billy Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. And we're back. Alright, so I'm just going to wrap the show up with my closing thoughts. And I gotta say, one of the most annoying things in this world are, for me, are people that, like, talk shit without actually, like, knowing what they're talking shit about. And, and, and this can go, this, like, can go for, like, a lot of things. This is not necessarily, like, sports specific, but, like, for instance, when someone's like, oh, I don't like Game of Thrones, and, and the answer, and then I reply with, have you ever watched Game of Thrones? Like, no. And I'm just like, so how do you know you don't like it? And they're just like, oh, I'm just not into that whole, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons crap. And it's just like, Okay, to me, like, 
you're not like I mean I'm not really like like I don't like Lord of the Rings. I watch Lord of the Rings. I find it very boring. That's just me. But like I'm just saying like, and I really like Game of Thrones. But I actually like if I'm not gonna like if I don't know anything about it, I just don't have I just don't develop an opinion on it because, well, obviously I don't know it. I don't want. I've never watched it or I've never experienced it. So I just like for instance, I'm not particularly a fan of raving. I've gone to raves before. I just, it's just not my scene. It's just not for me. Um, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't mind people going to raves. Like, I don't tell them that I think raves are stupid. Um, I just, I just know raves aren't for me. Like, it's just not my scene. Um, and, and I mean, some people, you know, like, some people like it. Some, some people respect it. Some people don't. It's just, that's the world we live in. But, uh, like, with me though, like, like I said, if, if you, have I never experienced something experienced it or or even watched it or read it or whatever or played it or whatever whatever it is whatever the subject matter is um it, it just like where do you have the right to say whether or not it's good like that's my point my, my point of all this the reason why I say that is because obviously with Messi joining MLS it's gotten a lot of attention from just across everywhere like all of a sudden now like MLS is something intriguing to watch is kind of essentially been the thing, but, uh, that's not the, the whole point of this. So like I was hanging out with family and honestly, I really do not mind putting my cousin on blast. Like, so my cousin, uh, my cousin was, was talking to me. Um, if you ever listens to this, I, I fucking don't care if he, if he gets mad at me for saying this, but I'm not going to say his name. Just I'll give, I'll give him that privacy. But like, uh, we were just talking and, you know, obviously he was mentioning about, uh, the Houston Dynamo, and and he was just like, like he's like, who does the Houston Dynamo have? Like, who's their best player? And I mean, I did say I, my answer is actually Alberto Carasquilla, which I should have probably mentioned when I was talking about the Gold Cup. How Coco was honestly an amazing player, but I didn't. But Coco Carasquilla to me has always been the best player on the team, even with Hector Herrera on the roster. I think Coco Carasquilla is the best player on the Dynamo. Um. And, and, but, and then, like, he was like, oh, well, you know, Hector Harris washed. And I'm like, he's not. Like, I mean, I've watched the dude train. I've watched him play. Like, he's still a very good player. He just, he's not the same player he was, like, 10 years ago, but he's still a very good player. He has still a very good eye for the ball. He has a very good touch of the ball. Like, he, he's still a very good, uh, distributor of the ball. So, like, for me, and I, and so, like, that kind of, and it's like, it takes a lot to bother me. I, it really does. And, and then he starts like develop, like starts telling me about how he's like, the MLS isn't good. Like the, the game is slow. Like, and, and that's when I was like, have you watched an MLS game? And he's like, no. And so I was like, so how the fuck do you know? Like, well, I didn't say that. Obviously I'm in front of my mom. So I, I try not to cuss in front of my mom, but like, so how do you know that it's bad if you've never watched it? And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, I just know. Like, and then, and, Here's the thing with me, man. If you like Europe, cool. That's fine. Like, love Europe. Love Barcelona. Love Real Madrid. Love Miami. You know, my, my, Manchester United. Love all the... Love Europe. If you're going to be just a pure Euro snob, then just fucking be a pure Euro snob. And, and don't don't think of anything else. But, like... And, and kind of similar to, like, Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, if you... Like... You... If you're just going to be strictly whatever league you're going to watch then fine, be that person, but don't, like, devalue another league, like, it, there's no, 
like one, it makes you look like a piece of shit, and two, you look like an idiot because you don't fucking know what's going on over there. And so, like, for me to ask, I asked him that, like, why do you, like, like I was like, if, if why do you care to like give an opinion if if you don't watch it? And he just kind of gave me the dumb. I mean, plus he was drunk, but he gave me this dumbass look. And, and for me, like, it bugs me. Like, it bug, like that really does bug me because I'm like, if you don't know about it, why would you express an opinion on it? Like, yes, Messi is an amazing signing for MLS. This is a, it's a very significant signing for Major League Soccer's history. But like, that doesn't mean that the league is terrible. Like, it doesn't mean like the league was still pretty good before Messi. Like, a league has grown over the years and has been a really good league and it's actually been fun to watch. And it's like, I, and I mean, Edward is also another prime example of someone that just doesn't care to watch MLS. Um, like, I mean, you can, guys can tell in the episodes when Edward's like just straight up just not interested when we talk about MLS, but it's just the fact that he's just, but Edward is honest. At least Edward is honest about it though. Like, he's just like, yeah, I just don't watch the league. And I, and like, he doesn't plan on to. Maybe now because Messi's there, but like, Edward has made it very clear from day one that like MLS just doesn't get get his attention, and it, that's why he doesn't form an opinion on MLS because he just doesn't watch it. So like Edward's a prime example of somebody that's like strictly I just like Europe, and that's fine. And I mean, yes, he likes Liga MX as well, but he's more so Europe. So like for me, like I can respect Edward because Edward doesn't doesn't try to develop an opinion on the MLS. But like for me, it's the and it's even like for instance our, our our friend Nelson, where you know I kept trying to tell him Messi's gonna join Major League Soccer. Like he's not going anywhere else. He's going to join Major League Soccer. He's going to play for Inter Miami, and and he kept like, why would he want to go there? Why would he want to go there? And, and it's just the fact is like, it's like you guys devalue something that you haven't really watched. And he's like, yeah, I've I've been, I've been to the Dynamo games, and it's like, and like. I, it's so hard to use the Dynamo as an example because the Dynamo, especially like a few years ago, were fucking awful. So like for me, like to develop an opinion of a league because you watch a shitty f- product on the field it, is not the best example. But like if you go watch LAFC, if you go watch Atlanta United, if you go watch Seattle, you watch like very good products on the field. You see the game has evolved. And even with the Dynamo, you know, even in their terrible years, they still had like some moments of brilliance. And but like Hector Herrera, like you guys don't realize how significant Hector Herrera's signing was because the team looked um drastically better with him on the field, and and so like that's just the quality of this guy is. But like the the whole the whole point of this whole rant is just look if you're gonna develop if you're gonna try to form an opinion on something, make sure you at least know something about the 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 subject matter because like. Like for instance, I'm not gonna give my uh, give out my opinion. I'm not gonna write an article for Belly Up Sports on college basketball because I don't watch college basketball, so I can't tell you who's the best college basketball program. Things like that, like the very little college basketball I know is just Duke. Duke for quite some time was a very dominant basketball team, or like just look at the Carolinas. Like I mean, Duke in North Carolina, but like aside from that, I don't know shit about college basketball, so I'm not gonna form an opinion on college basketball aside from. Hey, that was a fun tournament. Like, that's literally like all I really do. Like, I don't form an opinion on it. I like, I'm going to form an, I'm, I will express an opinion on something that I actually know what I'm talking, at least have a better understanding of what I'm talking about. 
which is the MLS has grown over the years. Like, and it's so frustrating as someone that generally loves the league and it loves where the, the direction the league has gone. And you have people that literally are just ignorant. And, and, and we still have that issue. This, this is one of the reasons why, like, it's so hard to believe that the, that the U, the soccer in the U.S. will ever grow because there's, and it's not even people that just don't care about MLS. It, there's just generally people that just don't care about soccer. They think soccer is a dumb sport. And the, my follow up question is, have you ever played? And they're like, no, it just looks dumb. And I'm like, what is it that's dumb? And they're just like, oh, I think it's dumb that you can't use your hands. And it's like, goalkeepers can use their hands. And it's like, oh, well, I think it's just dumb because people will, like flop. I'm like, people flop in basketball. And like, oh, well, I think it's, it's just that it, it's, 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 you, you don't get to stop. I'm like, yeah, it ends at the time that it's supposed to end. I don't get all the rules. The rules are pretty simple. I mean, football is like a lot more complicated than, than what soccer is, but like, so those are the things that like, it's like, if you don't, if you don't have an opinion and it's, and, Honestly, if your answer is like, I just don't watch it. I just don't re- look at it. I just don't know anything about it. You shouldn't be able to formulate an opinion and, and, and have people like think it matters. So like, that's my whole thing. It's irritating. Uh, yes, it comes from an irritation from my cousin because my cousin is a fucking moron. But like, it, it's just like, it, like, that's the whole thing with me. It's just like, if you don't know anything about it, just don't express an opinion because you're going to look stupid as like right now. Um, cause like, I mean, you guys may not know my cousin, but you guys already think, man, my cousin's a dipshit and I agree. So, and I can actually express that opinion because I know him, but yeah, that's just, that's just my, my closing thoughts for this episode. I just needed to air that out. But, um, aside from that, man, shout out to belly up podcast. Never check out the website, bellyupsports.com. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at belly sports and belly up media. Well, also while you're at it, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. We're also on thread. So at insert name FC on thread as well. Um, obviously a shout out to Roosevelt Spencer. He creates the beats, the intros, the outros. Uh, he's the one that's unfortunately has to like edit our, our singing voices for, for our singing bets, which Spencer is doing the singing bet. It has to do the singing bet at the end of the year. But, uh, so, but if you guys love all the beats that we have on the features on these shows, uh, make sure you hit up, uh, Roosevelt Spencer at, on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, at that guy dope. Um, if you guys need any beat work done, whether it's for music reason for you're trying to get into music or um you're trying to create a podcast or a youtube channel well hit up spencer and he'll take good care of you like he always does with us so that's all i really got man thank you for listening to episode 136 catch us next week for episode 137 hopefully edward's available but uh we'll see what happens there but thank you so much all right take care guys
the door. 